I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Scream Queen, a podcast about scary movies. From people not typically depicted in scary movies, we've reached our season finale. Um, you know, there's so many finales happening right now. Uh, Dre, how are you holding up? I mean, we're on day two slash three of the selection with no results called. Uh, hold up. How are you passing the time? What are you watching? What are you getting into? Oh, you know, I'm just continuing to keep it weird. So, you know, like I watched Glitter on Mushrooms last night <laughs> and um, I, <laughs> that was wonderful. Well, what goes into a decision process that leads to, you know what I need to do tonight? You know what I need to be about tonight is watching Glitter on Mushrooms. Um, well, see, earlier, what, before that, I also, I, I watched something before that that was atrocious, like next level, but I wanted to see it so bad. And I'm, I'm glad I saw it and I'll never need to see it again. Um, it is Glenn Danzig's Veronica, and it is a hot ass mess, written and directed mm. by him. And um, it's on Shutter. Uh, oh no! <laughs> and it, but um, it's um, it's like porn meets like horror. I do want to get fucked by him. I'm not gonna lie. I do kind of want to get fucked by him a little bit. No, I don't. <laughs> That's my Glenn Danzig. Um, I uh, absolutely not. <laughs> And uh, and that movie is like it low key like it, I kind of like I I don't know what the fuck I watched it was insane it was a whole hmm. there was there was titties with eyeballs titties with eyeballs that I'll say that okay. and they cried did they did the did the titty balls eat lipstick for those uh, of you who they, who they have... just cried <laughs> and they're they're not a not of the demon style but. Yeah, they have feelings. They did have big emotions. Well, so, uh, what a better like way to reintroduce my favorite phrase, which is titty ball. It's the titty with the eyeball. Now, you know what I was talking about when I said titty ball to begin no, with. Titty with the no, eyeball. Well, well, maybe they stole that then and you need to go hunting them down. Oh, no. Is this a right ready. situation? Um, I spent all day planting flowers and listening to Mariah Carey memoir. Talk Yay! about actual <laughs> horror. I just, I got through her childhood and I was like, holy 
fucking shit. Her sister tried to pimp her out at like 12 years old. She's talking about like her first memories being violence. And I was like, okay, Mariah. But I feel like she's like way more, I'm not necessarily like a fan of celebrity memoirs. I remember Angelica Houston's just being like, uh, a recounting of like every tapestry she's ever bought. You know, it was like very ornamental, but it wasn't like actually vulnerable or deep. And Mariah Carey's memoir is vulnerable. It's her and deep. life. It's well written, by the way. Written. And also like, it's well read. You, it's really well read. Cause she gets like, she sings, when she's saying make it happen, I was like, I'm actually going to have to listen to this song now. I stopped. <laughs> I stopped right after she did it and then I had to put it on. Yeah, because mm. it's that good. I start, I was, my routines in the mornings were exercise bike and Mariah Carey book and I just get in that zone and just like, oh, I just, I th- I'm so thankful that she gave us that gift. I mean, yeah. I was really, I was like, she better not be playing. She was like, because she's, I got something to share. I have some things to say, y'all. And uh, she'd been saying it for months and oh, it was worth it. It was right there. Also, like, just on a personal note, like, having a very light-skinned mother and having a very dark father, personally, Mm -hmm. and then feeling that... When she talked about um, when she was uh, drawing her family with crayons and everyone made fun of her and said she used the wrong crayons because, like, well, she's so light, so how could she have a dark-skinned daddy? And I was just like oh, I remember those kindergarten conversations and like being dropped off by a dark-skinned father and being light-skinned and people being like, so who was that? Like, do you have a chauffeur? And I was like, that's my daddy. Like the intricacies of like, and, and like the intricacies of like the racial dynamics in a family, but also the like r- recognizing the types of privilege, but then also recognizing the types of pain that she does so well in the span of even like a paragraph. I was like, (sighs) There's so many, so many, so many layers to her that she has, she's shared in over the years in certain ways. But I mean, just the fact that she got into, and I want to come back to this. I want to put a note in that talking about the crayons because I have a story about that briefly. But um, when she, the, how devastating the TRL moment was for her. I mean, and I knew wh- like when that derailed her life, you know, and wh- how people started viewing her. And when you start thinking about, oh, it was because they literally would have her up for like two weeks straight mm. working on records and would not allow her to sleep. And, you know, and she wanted to go do something fun. And then Carson Daly played stupid and acted like he didn't know she was showing up and just made her look foolish. And, you know, now you get to see his fat head on The Voice um, <laughs> every Monday or whatever. Sorry, like, I didn't mean to like... like the, the, the amount of also just like <laughs> the, the outsized influence that white men have had on her life and like that whole fucking Phil Spector, Ronnie Spector shit that Tommy Mottola did on her. Like that is the It's been going thing. on for... You yeah. know, like that's yeah. the haunted house. She talked about like, that was my Sing Sing. That was my Hill Jail. Like that was like, little did I know I was in this opulence designing my own prison. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, because all she wanted was comfort. She never had that. You know, all she wanted was safety. And mm. now she is probably with one of the most dangerous people she could ever be with, you know, mm. and having her life just monitored 24-7. But just briefly about the crayon thing, 
Um, I remember I made up because my, my family's all different shades. My dad's uh, the fairest uh, complected in the family. And on his side of the family, everybody's like, um, I have aunts that are like, uh, you go really, really, really fair complected, red hair, green eyes. Um, uh, and my mo- and then it goes like, I, almost like, um, yeah, it's a spectrum. So I just, I'm somewhere in the middle, I guess. But um, I, I made my dad peach brown when I made my family a portrait. <laughs> I made up a color. I said, and they didn't know what the hell the color was. I'm like, that's peach brown. Because <laughs> I, I, I didn't know how to draw my dad. And I'm like, well, he's not, he's peach. But because <sighs> uh, yeah, that was the closest cranny. That, that was the closest he was. And I was like, okay, so peach brown. My dad's black, but he's, and so I, that was me relating things. Mm, but uh, my mom mm. loves that fucking story. Um, <laughs> Bert and Sienna, I had a very personal relationship with Bert and Sienna. <laughs> Bert and Sienna, Lord. Lord. I got worn out in my drawings. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is the season finale. And, you know, I think, you know, me and Dre just kind of wanted to address not an elephant in the room, but the fact that this isn't, the, the, the podcast episodes aren't being released at the same time that we release episodes on YouTube. And kind of what happened was like, we recorded the finale of season two, the Friday before everything got shut down. So it was like early March. I feel like Friday we recorded it, Saturday Yumi and Becky watched The Circle and I was like, how could anything be like that? And then like <laughs> life became The Circle, really? <laughs> and um, I, a, a month or so after that, maybe six weeks, we were kind of like, I think we want to redo the show, but we had an idea of doing it on Instagram live and like that kind of petered out a little bit. And so we just started, we just started, we, we didn't have a plan. It was more out of a necessity to do something rather yeah. than like having a strategy for rollout and season premiere and all that kind of stuff. And, and because of that, like there, there became a gap between like when we started doing things on YouTube um, and, and, and when uh, we released the episodes on, um, on our on our stream on our podcast stream so we're gonna do this season finale wait for the stream to catch up and be current um and then come at you uh season four is this season four season four yeah. We've been, season four um you know with we're gonna hit you with visuals we're gonna have it synced up with our shit you know there might be some changes afoot there might be some merchandise that you can purchase yeah. a little, a little refresh oh, yes <laughs> Oh, yeah. Lord, get out of here. <laughs> Definitely um, merch on the way. Definitely. Yeah, and it, it wouldn't be a, a, a proper send-off um, without us, you know, really acknowledging the fact that, like, this, this has been and continues to be a labor of love and something that we both love doing and that, like, sometimes our enthusiasm um, gets ahead of our ambition and, like, that's totally fine. You know what I mean? And, and we're going to give you the chance to catch up and come back at you again season four with some new shit. Uh, Drea, being the season finale, um, will you let the audience know what we're talking about this evening? Okay, so... Um, we have two main discussions. Part one, we're getting into the new release on Netflix that came out on Halloween called His House. And it's, oh, it, we can't wait. We can't wait to talk about it. That's um, good. Yes, it is. 
And uh, following that, we're getting into the craft legacy. And finally, our Scream Queen of the Week is Miss uh, Sheila Tusi. Is that how you say your name? Or Tusi? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, as Martha in Ravenous, which is a fucking nasty movie. And I remember why I haven't watched it in a long time. <laughs> it's a little bit homosexual in a way that, like, I don't think it was the at the did. end. You're right. And mm-hmm. the, in, the, in the trap, I was like, <laughs> just fuck, just fuck. It would be I cool if y'all were just gonna, fucked. I, that's what I thought. I think it was. Okay, we'll get into it, but I we think that was. That, that's what they were uh, alluding to. Like they were like, he's like, just this meat is like, you know, we need, this is us, a representation of us getting, you know, anyway. <laughs> we'll get it's into carnal. it. Carnal. Oh, oh, carne. <laughs> carne. <laughs> All right. So stupid. It's very stupid. Um, now I want a burrito. Um, okay. So main discussion, part one. His House is written and directed by Remy Weeks. Um, and it was adapted from a story by Felicity Evans and to- uh, Toby Venables. Uh, this is a, uh, this stars Miss Wunmi Masuko uh, or Mos- Mosaku. Let me get that shit right. So let me do that over again. Okay. This stars Wunmi uh, Mosaku. Uh, that's and hey, Lovecraft Country. Tommy put mm-hmm. that in your notes. <laughs> uh, we see you, Lovecraft I, Country. <laughs> yes. Um, as she plays, uh, is it Rial? Rial, yeah. Yeah. And Sope uh, Dirisu as Bolt. And uh, it's about a refugee company, uh, a refugee couple from war torn South Sudan struggling to adjust to their new life in an English town that has an evil lurking in the walls of their new house. Mm. Um, so first off, wound me, all hail, wound me. Uh, I thought, you know, she was a force to be reckoned with in Lovecraft Country, but this, this, it was so strong. And she didn't even do half of what she did in Lovecraft Country. There was there was an anger, but it was like a regal anger. It was like a uh she she was just so powerful in this movie without even having to like raise a hand, you know? And she was like very much as her character as Rial was very much like trying to keep in line with the traditions that she knew. Whereas Bull was really trying to assimilate right to their English town to be like one of the good ones. Yeah. And that tension between them. I mean, first of all, that shit is so real. This isn't an immigrant story. This is a refugee story. You know, a refugee is like being constantly penalized for surviving, you know, like because they have to do things that aren't ideal in order to survive a massacre. Right. And then penalize from the town that they that they resettle in. We were talking about safety before with Mariah and the house. And this is, I think, so analogous because it's like the house and why this horror, I think, is so effective was because the house, the home is supposed to be a source of safety. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this country 
that they're leaving and this country that they're coming to, you know, it for safety is suspicious of them, detains them, dehumanizes them, you know, and, and, and tries to at every point give them less than optimal you know, he opens, like, when they first get, when they first get to that house, Bowl opens up, I feel like a pizza thing or something, and it's, like, fucking roaches inside of it, like, just teeming with roaches, and it's, like, so you're taking people who've had to do the most to survive, literally just survive, and just give them the least, and ensure their dehumanization, and it's, like, they're vulnerable, right, and so vulnerable to the apeth, right, to the ghosts, mm-hmm. And you see like what they've had to survive and what they've had to do. And it's like, it's, it's, it's not overstated. It's not understated. I feel like it's perfectly woven into a literal scary story, right? It's culturally specific horror that is also um, uh, readable to you and I. It's, um, it had layers and it felt, there was so much depth to it. The movie's only an hour and a half, a solid hour and a half. Felt like, didn't feel long, but it just felt like I really saw a lot in mm. that amount of time. Like, but it was, and it was effective. Like every single frame was used in the perfect way. Um, and they didn't over, overdo it with, you know, with certain twists and, and spins that they kind of took you through. They all, it all kind of made sense. You know, they, towards the end when you start to realize why they're being followed by this night witch and and because they uh at well um the, the husband he's still in denial of anything in the house and and tears the walls apart trying to find this thing and um thing that it's vermin or that it's mice or that it's something like yes. will not come to terms with the fact that there's some hanging over them. He just, cause he, he just can't accept it. And, but also cause he's what, but what really what's happening is he is just, um, he's grieving and he has guilt, you know, and that's what they're both feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you, at one point you also feel really angry at him when he takes um, their, their daughter's stuff and throws it in the fire. You, cause mm-hmm. at that time we are, we're led to believe that that's their daughter. And we come to find out it's not and 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 how we were led to that is um you know uh Wunmi's character uh Rial wants to she wants to go back to Sudan and when she tries to leave she wakes up um amongst all her friends in Sudan again that scene was so gutting yeah I was like I First of all, I wept. Second of all, like, you know, it's also like playing with these ideas of knowledge and comfort and danger, right? So she's like endangered and she jumps out that window. Then she's like in this sort of dream world where she's with all of her friends. And in a moment of supreme, I felt not even as a person who's a part of that culture or in this movie, obviously, or one of these characters, like I felt comforted by that group. You know, they're like, oh, she's back. You know, like they do. And then they're ululating. They're just like, they're, 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 that's, that's her troop. That's her homies, right? And then it kind of draws out a little bit. It gets a little, you know, and you realize just, that like, these are people like, mm-hmm. that like have been massacred. And like, she survived because she hid from that. 
And but her first words are like, and you don't realize it, but she's like, I I know that you're not who you seem to be. Mm. And right there, I'm just like, oh shit, like what's about to happen, you know? And then they flip it around and he, oh, you don't even see what she's saying. You just see that she's stunned. Mm. And her husband finds her in this classroom. And as he pulls her out, you see that all the women she was speaking to are all gunned down on the floor on top of each other. When she's with them, when she's still kind of like, 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 I love the fact that it's like unclear what time we're in. You know, it's like one of those things where it's like ambiguity is great. Confusion isn't great, but ambiguity is amazing. Right. And so we shift between time periods and, and like, she's like, is my daughter here? And they're like, you don't have a daughter. You don't have a daughter. That's what I was like. But we saw her kiss that girl's head in the opening scene when she said, I'll keep you safe. What is this about? Is this matcha? Is this Earl Grey? Is this chamomile? (laughs) What what tea is this? You know what I'm talking about? Like, (laughs) and as we, as they wait, they wait out as the soldiers, uh, you know, massacre their village and their people and walk to a bus. And that bus will only allow people with children on. And what you find out is that. Her husband grabbed a little girl and jumped on that bus. And then you watch the mother chase after the bus and see her daughter. And Ugh. it is it's crazy. It reminded but, me But of... what you would do in, in, in a moment like that. Like, you don't know what you would do right. if you're out running in from theory, guns. I'm out here on Twitter, on Instagram, in Google Docs, talking about, like, I'm virtuous. I would never do shit like that. But, like, in order to survive, it reminded me of this book uh, by Viktor Frankl called Man's Search for Meaning that talked about surviving uh, Holocaust, the Holocaust and, like, an uh, internment camp. And, like the lengths that a survivor will actually go to sometimes means you're criminally selfish. That sometimes means that you ultimately in a moment of panic and death value your life more than somebody else's and will make decisions, snap decisions that you're not proud of, that you feel guilty for, that, are, that will result in PTSD and ghosts. <laughs> that like... It's like t- to survive, like, you know, we, we oftentimes, like I think on this show and in general, you and I, Drea, we talk about being survivors, right? We talk about being from lineages that had to survive horrible circumstances at some point in our past, being black and indigenous, right? And it's like, sometimes those decisions aren't cute. You know, sometimes like people had to make decisions that were optimal, more for themselves than for the group in order. I'm not saying that people in our lineage did that, but I'm saying like sometimes those decisions have been made and people have to live with those ghosts. And like, Mm -hmm. that's what I love about this film, that it is both commentary and it is like the ghost is actually PTSD. The ghost is actually trauma. The ghost is actually guilt, but we're also going to give you a great story and we're going to actually make it scary because that Ap- that witch, that apath, the apath, whatever, like that was legitimately scary to me. And also, I kind of was like, it wasn't overdone with the CGI because they it blended it perfectly, and then it became a actual uh, practical effects. And that was really dope makeup that they had on that person. And then he just starts digging into it. I was like, oh my god! But I could feel scene- it. But I was also kind of like, I would also like Night Witch. I would let you fuck me. 
I'm not oh, I know. That's, that's exactly where your head went. It's been you a long were. time since I've been touched. Okay. You would have been like that before the pandemic. I was like getting so, in there and I was like, okay, so you are comfortable in these guts. Oh, bitch. <laughs> Nasty. Ugh. <laughs> um, fucking hell. I, um, but my, my ultimate moment is when Homegirl takes fate into her own hands and she's like, you know what? Nah, I, we're going to have to just live with this. And she takes out that freaking Night Witch and hmm. the, the Apeth. And- right. She's like, actually, not in this house, sis. Like, not yeah. here. And they ultimately, they, 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 they retake their space, <clears throat> but they have to. But it, but it is it is like a symptom of grief, right? Acceptance. Yeah. It is one I of mean, the stages. Yeah, they, they've, cho- they've made peace with what they have done. And they have chosen to live with their ghosts. In um, in an just an accepting way. Uh, that's what I got from it. He, he does say that he's like the ones you know in the village, the ones in the bus, the ones on the boat. Like they ultimately have to live with all of the ghosts. Mm-hmm. That was like, in addition to being like brilliant in terms of like psychology and storytelling, also filmmaking, right? When they show the shots of, of the house and all of the people who also reside in it besides just Rial and Bull, right? It's not just them who live there. Because in those moments, it's like, you're not only, um, you're not only living for yourself, you're also living from your circumstance, from your community. You are an agent of survival, right? And that like, in addition to the guilt that you carry for surviving, you're also carrying on a tradition, right? You're also like defiantly being like, I refuse to die. Like I'm going to be who I am, even if it's in this shitty fucking like suburb of England that never sees sun and somehow like has holes in all the walls. And like these white people keep coming here every other motherfucking day being like, you shouldn't do that to the walls and like checking up on you. Like still there's, there is. White people and black people were fucking with them. Those boys, that was horrible. Mm -hmm. Like how they talked to her. Like this is in Africa. Like what the fuck? (laughs) It's crazy. That, it that is, scene it, in particular really, really hurt my feelings. Like, I did yeah. not like that. But it's real. It is real. Real and bold. And this movie was fucking good. And mm-hmm. watch it again and again. Like, I've, I, I told Drea before we started recording, I think I've seen it, like, maybe four times. Just because it was also... It's not an easy film to watch. But it is a great film to appreciate. Mm-hmm. I think it, in a sense, it's, yeah, the subject matter is not like, it doesn't go down easy, but I, in a sense, it is kind of easy to watch. Like I, I got through it. Like I, I got so much from it. So, I mean, give it a go. I, it's worth, it's worth it. Yeah. That's what I want to say. <laughs> it is time we make it to our main discussion, part two, the craft legacy, or as I'd like to call it, the craft missed opportunity. We'll talk about that in a second. So um, written and directed by Zoe Lister-Jones, a new group of girls, Frankie, Tabby, Lourdes, and Lily, call the corners and do not shy from calling out each other in this updated sequel of Witchcraft, Warlocks, in wigs because you're fooling yourself if you think that was Fruza Balk's real hair in that final scene. That was definitely <laughs> a wig. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Who 
What are you talking about? I'm conflicted. Honestly, Drea, I'm conflicted about this movie. I liked it. I didn't love it. I liked things about it. I mm -hmm. did not like it. I did mm, not like this movie. Mm, 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 mm. Talk to me about them. So what what did you what what were what were some okay, let's let's start off positive. You know what I yeah. mean? Po- positivity. What were some That's of the exactly. things that you liked? Yeah. I would want to begin with what I appreciated. I appreciated that the girls stuck together. Um, yes. that's <laughs> what the original film was lacking. And mm-hmm. that that was the big, big misstep in the in the original film was when they split ways and mm-hmm. they don't find each their way back to each other. That's just bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I really liked all the girls. I really liked who, like, what they were about. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we'll get into it more, but they didn't get into these girls enough. I really wish I knew Mm-mm. who they were. Especially because they made the whole magic thing so much about lineage, and they yes. never went into, like, their family story. Okay, I guess that's what, that maybe that's what they're going to get into if there is a sequel. You know, since there's kind of like that, there's the opportunity for one. Um, but I really did feel a connection between all the characters. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I bought it. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more than I bought the original crew a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, I liked, I, I liked certain, like, I didn't like the uh, original girl in um, the craft. Like Robin Tooney. What's her name? Oh, in the updated oh, version. Oh, Robin Tooney. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like her character in the original one. Mm-hmm. I much preferred favorite. her character in uh, Empire Records to yeah, <laughs> shaved head to the craft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deb, I love was, me some Deb. <laughs> her wig and and the uh, OG craft was a tragedy. It was, and yeah, even it was she horrible. talked about that. I heard it like years ago. I heard her on like Craig Kilborn or whatever talking about that that fucking wig. She was like, I don't know what happened. There. Neither but, um, did we, sis. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. But yeah, I really just wanted more. Um, what did you? What did you like? Okay, I think my feelings on the craft legacy can be summed up in my vision in my um, reading of their movie posters. So the craft, iconic movie poster. Four powerful women looking you directly in the eye, being like, bitch, make a move. The craft legacy is like four women laying down, looking off into the distance. Like no one's making eye contact. Like, so we're just, not doing things we like? We're doing things we don't like now? Okay. Oh, I thought. I oh. thought you were going to lead with things that we liked. So I don't I know. Be- okay, I'm just trying to follow. <laughs> you asked what was my thoughts. Um, I thought we were things- talking about, we said nice things. So anyway, but go ahead. Fine. Okay, nice things. What I liked <laughs> about it was that they bound each other against magic rather than like binding one of them. I also like the fact that honestly, like the power dynamic was like, it surprised me. This movie surprised me, having seen the original, that, that they were... For, I thought, okay, okay, so they're going to discover their power and then they're going to get a little too high off their own stash and act out and then one of them is going to rein them in. But that's, that wasn't what it was. It was like the abuse of power was actually like, it wasn't like, they weren't wantonly abusing power. One of them kind of did a little bit and the rest of them were like, yeah. sis, we thought we talked about this. Like we're yeah. not going to play with people's feelings like this. And they interrogated their own um, 
desire to manipulate people. And we're like, actually, I think that's toxic. And we're going to bind all of us, all of ourselves from yeah. magic. Like, I like yeah, who that are we twist. to dictate, like, you know, because we, we played a part in this as well. Yeah. Um, but um, I, yeah. Okay. Oh, I liked the fact that, like, they incorporated a trans character. I like the fact that they incorporated, like, a, either a bisexual or a pansexual character. I liked, you know, but it's like they, they introduced elements but then like let them go and did nothing with them. And here, okay, so I made a little laundry list of things that, um, that were introduced that never did anything. Uh, bisexual or tra- uh, pansexual character, a trans girl, a sympathetic younger sibling who has like a moment with the main character, but then like kind of falls off. Um, the gay question mark brother who like makes no other like, uh, 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 who has no other plot. Um, also any of the, there are three brothers, their daddy just died in a, like was burned to death. And we don't check in on these boys again. Um, also his whole entire men's rights activist coven. Um, and that like, there was this idea that their powers were of four directions and like had four different elemental qualities to them. And it was like very convenient that they found each other fine. Like, to be frank, but then like, you know, didn't really get into like how those those particular types of elements um, uh, influence the character's personalities. Like, I think I thought that there were things that were mentioned or alluded to that like never really became any part of the story. And I thought that was yeah, a real so, failing of this one. Yeah, so let me get back into the most important two things as a, as a, by pansexual woman i was that was a messy stupid storyline and it does not represent <laughs> that is not how we want to be represented mm. and i thought it was done really like just lazily I, I i thought why even mention that there's a trans character if, if you're not going to get into it they literally said her they just alluded to it and said nothing about it um i was and that's the first thing I told you after I watched it. I said, I was not for that shit. Um, but mainly that what really pissed me off was I, like, I thought it was sweet where this character was going with like what they turned um, homeboy's character into. I thought it was like, okay, I kind of like what's happening and he's getting all woke and it's kind of hilarious. Um, and then it just turns into this like, Oh, a love spell gone wrong, which kind of happens in the first, but it's done in like it, but actually no the love spell doesn't go wrong he's just murdered that's what happens so and he really was feeling up on on homegirl and anyway it was just uh, uh, he confides in these girls uh you know it's like because you, you can't have you know uh, they just assume if you like like, it's like guys, really hard you for men you, you don't can't understand like how hard girls and, uh, you know it's it's really hard because I, I i could just stick my dick in anything i have too many options uh, it, it was just done in like a really fucking oh, shallow that speech silly was way. so bad that speech was so bad dude i thought like okay so you know dre and i as we cement our future careers as being consultants on horror films and in order to fix them i have an interesting fix for this so um, amongst the other missed opportunities um when the girls break into um the bawling bisexuals room right 
and they they're trying to find like some kind of dna in order to do their spell on him they find a condom like and that's a used condom that has come in it right and then later we find out that he has hooked up with the main girl's stepbrother older stepbrother i was like why not make that condom hit like that's the stepbrothers come here's the thing about okay so i have been with several men who do not identify as gay do not identify as bi or pan or anything like they they, they're just men who fuck men they they don't they still think of themselves as straight nothing gets in the way of their nut like they could feel weird about it, but they're still going to fuck. And so the idea that the, 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 the main character's older stepbrother and, you know, woke bisexual, hooked up one time and then like never did again, didn't really sit right with me. I was just like, I feel like they would probably still be fucking and having bad feelings about it. So my idea is that there, so that used condom and that come was from the main character's older, older stepbrother. And so they do this spell, but it ends up affecting her older stepbrother instead of this other dude. And then that becomes its own thing. Because it's like, why introduce this character if you're not going to do anything to them? And like, there are so many, uh, like, and the stepbrothers are introduced without having like, so that could reveal the fact that like, they were actually fucking without him, without, without the, the bawling bisexual having to have this whole speech about like, and I just want to put it in anything. And they'd be like, oh, that, I feel like that, to me, that would be an actual reveal if they were like, the spell is working on her older stepbrother because that was his cum in the used condom. Mm. Okay. I, I do like that. I think I, they could have alluded to that better, but does that storyline even need to exist is, is the real issue. If, unless they're going to get into it. Right. You know, Mm. like it would have been, I just don't, I, I just don't think this movie uh it, it tried to do too many things yeah it it if it, ca- it could have kept it simple they kept getting into you know you're talking about the earth water air whatever fire i was like our powers combined we're captain planet uh, <laughs> that uh, was some captain planet ass bullshit <laughs> and it's like why they did used, you add that and then not do anything with it they they spent their time make fucking playing with butterflies like literally with that's what they did with their magic i said you i mean you could have done a whole lot with the cgi as far as it comes when it comes to magic you can get fantasy with it and it doesn't have to look realistic per, per se there, there could like the the whole showdown at like this whole thing of david Duchovny. why that could have been so much cooler so much scarier it, it just went nowhere uh I didn't understand his like warlock situation going on over there. Cause it never really went into it. There were so it's many a, things yeah. that it just introduced and never really went into. And I was curious about this. Cause like, I did actually like Zoe Lister Jones's um, di- writing and directorial debut in Band-Aid that came out like a few years ago. And I was like, that's not like, it, it did have, it, it had ideas that panned out. And so I kind of wondered, like, was this like a too many cooks in the kitchen situation? Because it is like a, oh, you a franchise tell. and a bigger project. But you like, honestly, Drea, I think this would this particular film would have done better as a television series rather yeah. than a feature film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there are so been. many things that are interesting. Yeah, because you could introduce those things and then they pan out later on. And then and we could have more like- on. Well, well, okay, you could do shit with movies, but on, with TV, I feel like 
kind of like Cobra Kai, uh, they can bring back all the OGs. If they're going to bring back Feruza, like they could bring back everybody. So, because you like, know. I feel like the golden rule when thinking about features versus um, uh, series is like, is this a singular event that happens in one situation or is this something that could continue on? And when I was watching this, it didn't feel like a singular event that happens in one situation. It felt like, no, there is more story here that's being introduced, but it's being shoehorned into 90 minutes. And, and that's a really unfortunate thing, you know, it's, and they also like, it's like they, they're counting on the fact that will the audience even care enough to get a second movie? If you're just going to throw it out there like that, you know, it's like, why do I care about this character? Like, you barely told me anything about them. Like, oh, it's you're going to learn more about them in the second movie. Like, right. Uh, you're not is, telling me anything. But like, well, like let, let's look at something like His House, right? Which was like 90 minutes long, which incorporated different time periods and different stories. But I felt like I got enough. I got everything that I needed and I got like enough from the story that I knew what was going to happen, but I didn't need it spelled out for me. Like I didn't need yeah. to know more. It felt resolved. Whereas mm-hmm. this is just like, this could have been eight or 10 episodes, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I'll also say, you know, it was smart that they did make it a, a straight, uh, you know, remake. It's uh, it's a, it, it, there's elements of it that are, that uh, but it's more of a follow-up and yeah it's like reboot ish yeah but, but not quite sequel since they're bringing in original people from the first then it's that's what that kind of turns the, the the story onto its head um but yeah by the end of the movie it was just like is this all i'm getting and then they give you that final thing and i was like yes and i'm not gonna lie i, I teared up a little bit like the little the the 12 year old in me was just like holy shit like <laughs> I, yeah, that was a big moment, but um, I, I, I'll I'll still, you know, I hope they get another chance. I hope they get to do. There, there's less people in the room, or you know, not less cooks in the kitchen, as you said. Mm-hmm. Said and uh, yeah, I um, because I really do believe that girls need these stories. Um, they need yeah. to see po- positive things like this. Um, I was just like, I really liked all the girls. And also one of them is Pamela, uh, Pamela Adlon's daughter. Yeah. You, you can tell right Man, away which one. You know, when, as soon as she opened her mouth, I was like, that loud bitch, that's Pamela Adlon's daughter. So cute. Like- <laughs> it's just like, her. it's adorable. She's funny. And yeah, I was, uh, I was loving all those girls. They were great. Yeah, yeah it was unexpected. I also like looked up mm-hmm. the, the bawling bisexual after I saw him. Cause I was like that. Ma- oh, he was He's English, he was- right? He, yes, but he was also in Chambers. Oh, um, okay. He was the brother of oh, I the remember. girl who got killed. Yes, and I immediately looked up to see if he had nudes, and he doesn't. So that oh. I, I was upset <laughs> about that. Yeah, I was upset about that. I feel like that oh. was. I just, you know, I was just like, it's okay, your imagination, I'm, I'm, baby. I think it's probably uncut. I'm just, I would just like to see evidence. That's all. <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> Leak them dick pics. <laughs> or you could just send them to me, Nicholas Gilzolentine or whatever your last name is. Slide like, I'm into his DM- DMs. Get into them DMs. You know what I mean? Slide into this peach emoji and I'm down for it. Um, he doesn't actually look like it's that big though. I, it looks like it's, pro- I, I feel Adequate. like it's 
yes, it's adequate, which I'm all about. I don't want big. I just want average. I really would like average size dick because I'm not trying to get average with a bow on it. (laughs) 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 And like, I like, I don't know. I like low hangers. That's just my preference. But okay, well, that was. (laughs) <laughs> that was a uh, dick time with Tommy. So we just had that little pillow talk. We all love that. Well, that's uh, when we're on our hiatus. That's what we'll, <laughs> this podcast will be filled with all of Tommy's dick uh, tales. Yes. I'll try to get laid so I'm not so weird in season four. Let's just, I'll focus on that. It's okay. I'll even it out. <laughs> Shall we get into our scream queen this week? do it all right so sheila tusi as martha in ravenous now this is like the uh this is like 1999 uh about cannibalism in the wild wild west i saw this actually a couple of weeks ago as a part of seattle's um museum of popular cultures like horror movie night which dre and i took part in um and did night of the demons like a couple of months ago and I had never actually seen Ravenous. And so I did not, and I, I didn't do any research on it. I didn't read about it at all. And so I just watched it and I didn't realize that we were going to get an indigenous final girl. And I know about Sheila Tusi because like in Indian country and especially amongst like native actors, Sheila Tusi is iconic. She was in Thunderheart. She's like into the, into the West. She's been in a bunch of shit. Like literally anytime you see a movie that has native characters, she's like in it somehow. And so I was very excited to see her in this and also see her as some, as a character, her as Martha. She's just like, sees the bullshit and is like, you know what? I'm not the one. Which is how I imagine, Drea, you and I, well, you more than me, but you being in a situation that's an actual scary movie situation, being like, you know what I'm not going to do is like stick around to see if these men eat each other. Like, I'm going to be out. Like, I'm going to go. Like, the car is running and I'm actually, my Uber is here. Like, I'm not going to be in this house anymore. Like, and I appreciated that about her character. yeah, Yeah. That final sequence was, that encompassed her character. Like, just... Absolutely like, not. They put her through hell, and, and her brother just, dies. Like yeah, like, her 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 buddy dies. Little David Arquette. Little David cute. Arquette. <laughs> looked fine as fuck in this movie too. He looks good still, honestly. But he looked fine as fuck, and Guy Pierce looked fine as fuck, and Robert Neil Carlyle McDonough, looked fine as fuck. <laughs> you know, like had I feel like it was contractually obligated to show titty in every scene. Like that man, like he just at his prime and those I like for okay, he was a little bit like Aryan Nation poster child, but he had them he had them pecks up like and ready <laughs> in so many scenes in this film that I was just like. <laughs> That was a flex. <laughs> oh yeah, they were all in prime shape. They look good. Well, I Pierce, like Pierce me guy. You know what I'm talking about? Jesus. <laughs> Even though he's a little bitch boy in this movie, just running from everything. He jumped off a fucking mountain <laughs> off a cliff. <laughs> humbled, humbled. <laughs> like he'll tumble for you. You know what I'm talking about? Like into a pit. <laughs> sure. And his shit was broken for date. I'm like, how the fuck did you crawl? You no antibiotics, no antiseptic, no like fucking neem oil or nothing and you just crawled your ass your bitch ass out of this and you was just fine like he just 
I was like, I'm I like the uh, <laughs> amateur, you know, I almost would have been a doctor in undergrad in me was like, I don't think you would have survived this without having a major infection, but I'll go with it because you've just, also apparently go with it. part of another man in the opening sequence of this movie, which I guess in this, in the lore of this movie, like eating somebody means you're kind of invulnerable. Is it wrong that that stew looked really good to me? <laughs> Yo, it did kind of look good though. Like when that when they come into it at the end and that one ladles it up and he's like, mm, I'm like, you know what would be good? Stew. It's <laughs> <laughs> like <Put> hunks- stew. <laughs> I just I just remember like like so my parents like cooked a lot of meals for the tribe when I was young. And it's just like, you know, it it wasn't catering, but it kind of was. It's like anything you can make in large quantities very quickly. So like Mm -hmm. a beef stew with like some potatoes, some carrots in there. You know what I'm talking about? Like it just, it has such a visceral memory for me. that when I So I was like, I might just eat a man. I was like, like, hey, (laughs) (laughs) you got taters up in that bowl. And I was like... Bitch, whatever. I know. I'm just missing a home cooked meal. (laughs) I had the same reaction to that show Hannibal too. All the meals in that movie look bomb as fuck. (laughs) And he made them. He made it look like a four, like a like a a Michelin star, four star meal. And then usually also they have a cookbook that they made for that show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, there's something wrong with you on that. I know, I know, I know. But it looked really good though. I'm just saying. Um, and one day you might look really good to me too, Tommy. And I know. Yeah, listen, you this ain't some Donner Party bullshit. We ain't getting into this. This ain't alive. We're not trying. The girls are not like on a plane in the Andes. Like we're not. No, we're not doing this, Drea. But I do. Oh, I am it. pretty juicy. I got to tell I'm you. I'm gonna take juicy. a bite of that booty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I've been doing strength training in the quarantine, so like most of this is muscle at this point. Oh, so. you got that core. That core. Got that core. The quarantine core. <laughs> the quarantine core. I've been drinking some protein shakes and shit, bitch. Like, <laughs> uh, well, um, I I didn't think. Can I just say this? I didn't. Yes. I wish they had given her more. Mar- Martha deserves so much more yeah. time. Of course, you know this. Um, yeah. but I'm glad that she got to have that moment at the end and just be like, you know what? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Fuck. You, you guys. know what I realized with this film though that like. Every fight scene is actually a sex scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, because men can't actually love on each other, they have to beat each other up. It's a little bit like the lighthouse, right? Where it's like, Mm -hmm. you want to put it in, but you're like, I'm going to put it in your face. (laughs) (laughs) Especially that last one. They don't know how to uh, interact or communicate their feelings and it drives them fucking nuts. And yeah, yeah and, and then when they're looking at, in each other's eyes, Robert Carlyle and and fine as uh, Guy Pierce, those baby blue eyes. I'm just like, oh, are they gonna kiss? I was like, please kiss, just kiss. <laughs> just fuck each other already. <laughs> you don't have to wind up in a bear trap pinned against each other in order to feel pleasure. Like toxic masculinity is real. It's then Martha so saw real. that shit and was like, mm, you know, all right, so these motherfuckers, a bear trapped onto each other. I'm actually gonna. I'm just gonna go test fort. my. <laughs> I'm just gonna yeah. go walk out with nothing on me. Just walk into the woods because I got a better chance out there than with you motherfuckers. No, I don't want to witness the mess 
she was just like the mess is too much but i did like i did have that realization during while watching it and i was just like man men are so afraid of their own affection that they will literally fight a motherfucker before kissing one They'll kill a motherfucker before kissing they one. They will Like, it's just, it's wild for them. I'm so, I'm just like, <sighs> it's sad. Well, that's but what Martha, it's like for you all. Bad bitch, Martha. Martha. All right, Martha, you are our scream cream for our season finale. Uh, love you. So glad that I found you, Drea. You never told me about her, so I'm, uh, I'm using that against you a little bit, but you know what I mean? Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of my face. Okay. <laughs> Scream Queen is produced by Alexander De Palma and Domino Sound. With theme music by Doc Allison. I am Drea Washington, and you can find me on the gram at Hey Girl Hey. That's H E Y G R L H E Y. And I'm Tommy T. Speako. Um, been obviously listening to the Mariah Carey memoir all day. Uh, you can find me at HeyTeebs, H-E-Y-T-E-B-S on Instagram as well. And you can find us on Instagram at Scream Queen Podcast. And online at ScreamQueenPodcast.com. Send us some love notes at ScreamQueen at gmail.com. That's S-C-R-E-E-E-M Queen at gmail.com. And in the scary movie of your life, you better scream, scream. queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love next you. See you season. next season. I got. We, we actually did that one surprisingly well in unison. I will say. We always do. We're really like great at this. We're professionals, though. I mean, well, we I actually a professional. are professional. I mean, this is. This is actually our house, so wheelhouse or otherwise, so. Exactly, exactly. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.